Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome into another episode of the Walk On Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jason Prill. Alongside of me is my good friend, Jordan Riddick. Jordan, how you doing today? I'm doing just dandy, Jason. Just dandy. I'm sure you're doing better now. You want to know why? You want to know why? Why is that, Jordan? Because we have sports. That's exactly what I was about to ask. Sports are back. I'm I'm dandy. That's the only way to put it. Dandy. I the the past three days of sports, maybe four if you count Thursday. I don't really count Thursday because it was like two games. But past yeah. three days of sports mm-hmm. have been unbelievable and so just heartwarming. I know that sounds weird to describe sports as heartwarming. <laughs> But it's been that way for me. I don't know how, about you, but that's at least how I felt. Yeah, for sure. The past couple it's, days. It feels a little bit like <clears throat> things are returning to a little bit maybe to normal. It obviously looks different, but at least we have players on the field and the courts. And honestly, I've watched all of the Indians games and a couple, a little bit of other games, and I don't really notice the lack of fans. Mm-hmm. Like... I understand that, like, as you travel to a different ballpark, they'll have, like, stadium shots and you won't see the fans there and all that kind of stuff. But in all honesty, like, the game is the game. And, like, even though there's no fans there, like, you still have a game. And so for me, I I haven't even really missed fans. Like, there's been a few moments where I'm like, wow, it would be really cool to have a real roar of a crowd uh, in this situation. Mm Mm-hmm. But it hasn't really bothered me that much, Jordan. What about you? Uh, well, it I've again like you've watched all the Indians games. Um, I've even watched more than just the Orioles games. I've been watching some of the nationally televised uh, broadcast, and mm-hmm. um, of course, like you said, they do point it out, and it is a little bit odd when you do see it at first. But in the moment of the game, I still get just as excited when something happens. It doesn't. It doesn't dim the game for me. It is a very real baseball game, so hopefully that is the same for the NBA as well. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about this whole episode because this week the NBA comes back. They are restarting their season, and they're going to be in full swing with 22 of their teams uh, down in Orlando uh, inside of a bubble for lack of a better term they like to call it a campus uh but in in a sense it it is just a glorified bubble it is uh and and so but they're back and they've been playing some scrimmage games and uh some kind of preseason-esque games just to kind Mm -hmm. of get people loose and ready for what's to come but this week it's it's go time it's full grind like they're they are back fully and I know I'm excited, Jordan. What about you? Oh, I'm I, I'm beyond. This is your sport too. Like this beyond is beyond like, excited. Beyond excited. I don't I don't think there's a a better way to put it. Like I this is I mean of all this like I'm excited for hockey to come back as we as well this week. Um, but like, shout out to our friends at the uh, the Bo Show. Yeah, the Bo Show, of course. All huge, <laughs> huge fans. Um, but the man, 
just LeBron James and the Lakers coming back as a fan, that that just excites me. And just knowing that 10 games and then we have a playoff. Oh man, man, I'm so excited. For for that this is... for this long as long as we haven't had sports. Man, it's it's good to have it back. Absolutely. And I think that's the part that excites me the most is that we are so close to the upper echelon of intensity. Mm-hmm. Like it's like baseball right now. Yes, it's 60 games. Yes, it's a sprint, not a marathon this year, but it's still the regular season. Right. And like there's there is regardless of how you try and frame it, there is a difference in intensity between a regular season game and a postseason game. And in the NBA, we are 10 games away from an actual postseason mm-hmm. and the intensity level. And I think that almost more than anything is what I, I one of the things that I've missed uh, is just that level of intensity. Uh, and so we're going to get all into that. And there's a lot of things to go over. We have a, a, a stacked show. I don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, but we have... <laughs> Uh, we have a whole segment on playoff predictions. Jordan, excuse you. I heard you cough there. Sorry, so. sorry. No, you're good. I'm sure all the fans that are listening at home are, are trying to wipe off the saliva from the cough on their, yeah, sorry, on their sorry. faces. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, we have, we have a, a whole segment on playoff predictions. We have award predictions for the bubble. Uh, we got another rendition of uh, a segment that we randomly came up with last week of spontaneous hot takes. Uh, and then, of course, we'll end our show just like we always do with what grinds your gears. Well, Jason, uh, you ruined it now because it's not really spontaneous anymore. Now I know that it's coming up, so it's kind of just a hot take segment. It's not spontaneous anymore. You ruined it. I spoiled it. it. I spoiled it. You soiled it. You see, I, my, my mind's just so focused on the return of sports that I'm not thinking straight. And so sorry mm. for ruining that surprise for everyone, but we are going to have spontaneous hot takes later, so be spontaneous. Um, <laughs> so, Jordan, <laughs> that I, sounds like some kind of some kind of oh, like slogan for a beer company. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like be spontaneous. Like, <laughs> it sounds like even what mean? were those Bud Light commercials where they like would throw these massive parties in the streets or something? We're way off topic. We gotta get back up. We never talk <laughs> reel it about in, reel it in, reel it in, reel this one in. Uh, so, we got a long show ahead of us. <laughs> it's gonna be a long one if we keep this up. <laughs> I know. Uh, so we have seeding games to start out this uh, this bubble. Uh, Ten right. seeding games, and so um, and not necessarily playing tournaments, but in, in effect, they are playing games. Uh, mm-hmm. For some of these teams, and especially down at the bottom of the Western Conference, right. uh, there's just a, a lot of uh, things yet to be decided. And right. so, so, Jordan, go ahead. Well, why don't we go ahead and just kind of explain it for, for people who may be a casual fan or uh, are not caught up. So, the um, first of all, the teams that qualified for this uh, bubble atmosphere campus, like Jason said, um, they are down in Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. uh, on the campus of Disney World and the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. Um, the teams that are not joining the uh, teams in Orlando are Charlotte, Chicago, New York, Detroit, Atlanta, Cleveland, 
and Minnesota Hertz. and Golden State. Yeah, hurts. Poor Cleveland. Um, you don't you don't feel sympathy. Don't even fake it. You hate I'm Cleveland. Not, not even a little bit. Like not you even. You hate close. us. I don't. I don't hate. You said it was your least favorite team in one of our earliest episodes. That's very true. <laughs> they are my least favorite team right now. Exactly. Um, but either way, <laughs> uh, everybody else made it. So the way it works is, um. They're gonna get everybody's going to get ten games, and it's they try the NBA tried their best to keep a similar schedule to what was remaining um, for the schedules that did at one time exist pre-COVID. Um, so that's why, um, say for example, a team like the Pelicans, they had a decently easy schedule, and they ended up with the easiest schedule in uh, the bubble. So. Um, the way this is going to work is at the end of the 10 games, um, the eight and nine positions will be looked at. If the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed, then they will go into a playoff where it is basically, uh, it's kind of like a runoff election, sort of, it's like a best of two. Sort of. So if the eight seed wins the first game, then it's over. Um, but the nine seed has a chance to beat the eight seed twice to take that last spot in the playoffs to play the one seed in each conference. And so with that, Washington is the only team that could possibly do that since there's only nine team from the Eastern Conference. Excuse me. But like Jason said, the Western Conference is a little more crowded. Um, teams that are not currently in the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns all qualified to go to Florida. So it's going to be very interesting to see after the 10 games how this shakes up with the 8 and 9 seed. And so, Jordan, I want to ask you a little bit more about that is – what are we going to be looking at come the start of the postseason? Who are going to win those play uh, these, for lack of a better term, playing games? Uh, and does that eight and nine potential matchup does that give one of those teams an advantage having an extra few games under their belt? Uh, and so, oh. Jordan, we'll start with who, we'll start with that second question, then we'll go with who is going to be in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. Well, certainly, certainly it does give an advantage considering that you're coming off such a long hiatus. Um, In a more traditional format, you would try your best to avoid these games because you've gone through a long season, you're, you're tired, you're ready to, you know, pretty much honestly face your doom and just take the medicine. You know, what are you really playing for? You know, you're an 8-9 seed battling to play the number one seed, probably get swept. Uh, but now with this year, there's there's more hope because not only um, a team like Washington or the team like the Blazers or the Pelicans, not only do you have a chance to not even finish in the top eight, but you could play a one seed who's not really in stride yet. Mm-hmm. So I, that's that's very interesting. Um before COVID completely destroyed the Nets roster, um, 
<laughs> I figured that the seven eight seed were pretty much locked um, for the Eastern Conference because the Wizards are five and a half games behind the Magic for the eight, eight or for the eight seed. They have to finish four, and they are six games behind the Nets. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's what's crazy the wizards aren't bringing bradley beal but but the nets and jason i've had a chance to look at some of their scrimmages man they look uh, awful they uh, look awful like terrible so it's a toss-up i expect the magic to move to that seven slot and okay between the eight and nine, I think we. <laughs> this is so sad, but I think we could end up getting a a play in between the, this Washington team and this Brooklyn team, where <laughs> it'll be terrible TV and terrible basketball. So I, I hate <laughs> that, but I think in all in all, even though you know they've been hit so hard with you know COVID you know, people not going um, and having to sign so many people on the street. I still think the Nets boast the best rosters post-COVID lineup. Um, okay. Just just with the fact that Karis LeVert is still on the team. Um, and they still have Jared Allen. Uh, so I think with those, it, just those two, I don't think there's really a lot of competition with the Wizards if those two were to match up for a couple of games and I expect the Nets to get that eight seed. Now, as far as the Western Conference goes, there's three teams, at least in my estimation, that I I don't even know why they're there. Uh, obviously, the Suns. Yes. Um, they're, I mean, they are six games back, but but still, I mean, come on. The Spurs... I mean, there's always there's always hope, Jordan. I mean, the Spurs. I mean, come on. And then you have the Kings. Now, yeah, baby, the most irrelevant team in the NBA. Right. So I guess the Kings and the Pelicans do have the same record, and the Trailblazers are still the same amount of games back as the Kings, but I just don't see the Kings with any shot. I, I just don't. The Blazers and the Pelicans – are two teams to watch here. The here's here's the issue that I I have Jason is that everybody and I I mean the talking heads of all the sports um are completely forgetting that while yes they have a losing record at 32 and 33 uh Memphis played decent basketball in the Western Conference and beat they did. some good teams. Some good teams. And so they have completely written off the Grizzlies. Now, they do have a good argument with the Pelicans because of their schedule or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. And the Well, it's still these are still the top 22 teams. So we can't really say not true. thereof. That's very true. That's very true. And you're even you're helping my point there. And then the Trailblazers, they do get Nurkic back. They do get Collins back from injury. 
mm-hmm. but really how much does that help? So my personal prediction is that the Grizzlies keep that eight seed, and I don't even see them playing a, a playing game. Wow. Or a playing game. Wow, that whatever. is. You, you should save that for uh, Boiling Hot Takes. That's yeah, Spontaneous uh, Hot Takes. <laughs> yeah, Spontaneous there's Hot a, Takes. There's a spontaneous <laughs> hot take for you right there. Uh, early on in the episode, we're getting some spontaneous hot takes. I will – I'll combat you a little bit. Um, I, I really like the Trailblazers in this situation. Uh, I would say if I had to pick any team to maybe get to the eight seed, it would be the Trailblazers just because of the, the talent that they have on that team. I think the talent and the other thing that I, I think is going to play a big factor in this bubble is you're going to need veteran leadership. Yeah. Um, because whenever you enter in uncharted territory and uncharted waters that nobody's been to before, you want people who have experienced a lot to be leading the way. Uh, right. Even though Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have never been in this situation before. Yeah. Well, who has? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But they've seen a lot, and they've been around, and right. they understand. Like they know how to manage personalities and lead uh, and guide and all that kind of stuff. And so I think, personally, I, I see the Trailblazers in the West sneaking into that eight seed uh, with the play-in game with the Grizzlies uh, to to lock that down. And then in the the Eastern Conference, um, I agree with you. I think the Nets are going to drop. The Magic will move up to seven, but I think the Wizards will pull out against the Nets. I just think which which with that, Jason, like it is like, like I said, it's gonna be terrible basketball for that eight nine. Like it, like I, no one's gonna want to watch it, but no. and I'll watch it just because it's interesting. But I, I take I that mean, back. Dang, like dang, like that's terrible. Like. I don't want to watch that. Like it's the playoffs, and it's cool. Like this will. This is probably the only time in the history in the NBA that's going to have an eight-nine play-in series for two games, maybe one or two games. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's cool. But like, I'm dang. starting to think. <laughs> I'm starting to think it may be uh, a little bit more like a train wreck. Because that think you can't about it, Jason. Had they had have? Ha- I mean, you think of the, the Nets and the Wizards. If they have their entire lineup and I'm not talking about Kevin Durant I'm talking about this year these are two pretty good teams that would match up decently well obviously the Wizards a little bit under the Nets getting Kyrie Irving back for the Nets you know I, I that's a decent I can watch that and be pleased with the outcome and and not you know spoon my eyes out but like mm. the Nets and the other thing about the Wizards is, like, they were such a high-scoring team. The problem is is they couldn't play defense. One of the games they played against the Bucks, it was, like, in the 130s. I'm like, who scores? The-? And and then they played early on the season against the Rockets, and it was, like, in the 140s. It's just no defense. That's the biggest problem that they've had in their it's- entire season. It's gonna be ugly, but we'll suffer through it together because we, we we've been I mean, missing they, sports for a long time. They're barely <laughs> second, barely second, or second to last in the Eastern Conference in the opponent points per game with almost 120. Yeesh, not pretty. <laughs> that's that's how bad. <laughs> not pretty. And so after talking about with a team that's least set up for the return of, of basketball, yeah. Jordan, uh, what team do you think is best? suited for this return 
Well, I think you can, you can come at this question with many different angles, and and obviously there's different ways to go at this, but I think veteran leadership is going to play a key role just because at the end of the day, whether you're playing in front of thousands of fans or in front of a shot clock operator, um, it comes down to playing basketball. Yeah. And so I think of a team, I mean, I, I'd be remiss to not mention the Lakers uh, just because LeBron James and AD. And also you think of guys like Danny Green, who has been around for a while, and JaVale McGee. J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith, who's you know <laughs> won a championship, and, and JaVale McGee, who's won multiple championships. Dwight Howard. So a team like that. I think also a team like the Clippers. They have veteran leadership. I think a team maybe like the Nuggets, who they play such a, a boring style of basketball that it's just, you know, they're they're good because like they're kind of like the new spurs where they're just so fundamental yeah um so fundamentally sound um and i also think anybody that has just great point guard play so i think of like the oklahoma city thunder i think of the houston rockets i think of the dallas mavericks uh specifically in the western conference even portland Memphis, you know, everybody, every, every, you know, team in that lower category, the Western Conference has an awesome point guard going mm-hmm. Portland, Memphis, Dallas, Houston, Oklahoma City, and then, you know, Utah, eh, Denver, eh, LA, both LAs, you know, LeBron mm-hmm. James obviously leading the league in assists, but he does so much more than just play point guard, so I'm not going to really count that, but. Um, I think those teams could could make a run, especially in the six, five, four, and three area of the the um, standings in the West could shake up a little bit just because of the point guard play. On top of all that, one of the things that I think is going to play a major role in this postseason, and you kind of touched on a little bit with the the Nuggets. Um, well, you focus more on the fundamentals, but I want to focus more on the team dynamic. Of, of basketball and not relying on one superstar or, or a team of a duo trio of superstars I think teams that are set up well balanced all the way through their starting lineup I think that they're going to have a major advantage in this because uh, even though superstars can hit slumps mm-hmm. regardless of how good they are and if a player or or two hits a slump at the wrong time, yeah, they're in trouble. But the teams who can play a fundamental team style of basketball, I think that's, I think that's who you're looking at, who can have uh, sustained success in this postseason. That kind of leads us into our next topic. Uh, two teams for me. Uh, we're going to talk about the the shocks and disappointments. Who's going to shock us and who's going to disappoint point us mm-hmm. in this postseason? Uh, for me. I picked two teams that I think, uh, yes, they have really good players and potentially great players, uh, specifically with the Utah Jazz in this scenario, um, but um, but they play as a team, and, and they're not 
highlighted by a high-caliber superstar athlete as, say, the Lakers or the Clippers or something like that. And so for me, we picked one from each conference. The teams that are going to, that I believe are going to shock this this bubble are the Indiana Pacers, without, even though they might not have uh, Sabonis for uh, a little bit of time, uh, and then the Utah Jazz. I think both of these teams um, are, are, are well-balanced all the way through. Um, and especially for the Pacers and the Eastern Conference, uh, this is a good chance for them to kind of make a way. And, and this could be a chance for them to make a little bit of a run. Uh, and then the Jazz, um, obviously, when you have somebody uh, as, as dynamic as Donovan Mitchell, you're always going to have a chance. Uh, but even beyond that, they have talent. And, yes, there's some off-the-court issues that have been reported on between Mitchell and Gobert and stuff like that. Um, but it, it, in the postseason, a lot of that stuff can get pushed to the side for a couple weeks. Right. Uh, these right. players want to win. And so they can figure out how to play together as a team. And so I think uh, those two are set to shock us. Jordan, who do you think uh, will shock us in this postseason? Well, since we're doing one from each conference, uh, the first team, um, and I, I've been just baffled by the way they've been just disrespected by – Pretty much everybody, and everybody forgets that the, they're the two seed in the Eastern Conference, is the Toronto Raptors. Um, mm. This is a team that had Kawhi Leonard, won the championship, lost him, and is the two seed again. Like, do you not understand, like, how difficult that is? Like, that's crazy, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I think that they have kind of rolled into to Orlando with, like, this killer mentality and I like it. I am liking it from, from what I've seen from the Raptors. Mm -hmm. Another thing I like is this Boucher kid that they've got going down low. Um, he is a, a defensive nightmare. And when he gets around the rim, he, he doesn't have to jump to dunk on you. It's, it's a pretty impressive. So, um, this, this young kid is, is going to be a, a really, a really good star. Well, I don't know about a star, but he's going to play a big role in their run and, um, I think that people are going to be surprised at, at how well the Raptors do in the bubble. Another team that I think is going to do decently well in the bubble that not a lot of people are talking about is the Oklahoma City Thunder in the Western hmm. Conference. Uh, they're Again, they're in that group where they're a couple games behind where they could jump from five to three in the Western Conference, and I, I think they have the schedule to do it. Um, and that's another thing is, you know, really look at these schedules and kind of see. Don't be surprised if your team kind of bounces up and down because, you know, some teams have not been blessed with a good schedule. Um, I think the Thunder have a chance to just kind of bounce up to that three seed. People forget Chris Paul can still ball, man. And uh, he really controls the pace. And uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander has just taken a whole nother step. Uh, Dennis Schroeder has played a great six man for them and, and Spencer Adams is an anchor, man. He's, he can still play basketball, too. Um, if they can get something from the wing, um, I think I think people are also going to be surprised by them. Yeah, they have a chance right out the gate to jump up to that number four seed uh, as they take on the Jazz uh, on August 1st, the opening night of the NBA. And then two nights later, uh, they have a chance to jump up to number three um, when they uh, – take on the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they might be 
maybe a half a game back even if they win that game. Uh, but they'll be right in there. So right out the gate, they you, you'll get a chance to see whether or not this Thunder team is And that's, that's another legit. reason why I love this schedule is because it kind of gets right to it. Like on opening night, Lakers-Clippers, it's like, whoa, why didn't we save that for game 10? Well, let's see where we're at. I, if I was a coach, I would love that. I'd want to know right out of the gate, game one, where's my team at? And I think this is a good gauge, and I think it's also great for entertainment, so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> so flipping the question, who are two teams that you think will disappoint us in this postseason? Once again, I'm one ca- from each conference. Right. I'm, I'm very disappointed we didn't disagree on this, where we ha- both had – I was wishing that you would have had one team that would have been a shock, and I would have had the same team as a disappointment. But I Well, I, 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 I will I change one of my answers. One of them. Uh, yeah, I, I disagree with one of yours, but right. I I can change one of my answers to match yours because I I was actually going to put that team down originally. Okay, and then, well let me go ahead. Yeah. Um, let let me explain something. So, so in the same way, um, people have forgotten about how Toronto's the two seed. People also forget that Philadelphia is is the six seed. Stop talking about Philadelphia making some kind of big playoff run when. You know, they can win, you know, all season. They win one, two, maybe three games, and then they absolutely poop themselves and forget how to play basketball. In the playoffs, mm-hmm. you have to have strings of wins against great teams. I don't see that for the 76ers. I don't see it with their defense, and I I, I just – they have to make shots, and the, I just don't see it. I absolutely do not see it even in a, a semi-weaker – Eastern Conference, uh, I I wouldn't be shocked if they lost in the first round. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to see if they'll blow it up after this season. I'm, I'm interested because I don't think that Embiid-Simmons duo is going to last very long in Philadelphia. Maybe mm-hmm. they proved me wrong, but I don't know. And I, Another and, team. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that I'll, I'll jump with my Eastern Conference team because – I'm going to switch mine to agree with you. Originally, I had the Boston Celtics, um, but I 100% agree with you on the 76ers. Uh, and I think something that you didn't mention that is worth noting is the home and away record for the 76ers. Uh, granted, there's point. no such thing as home court advantage in this bubble. However, there's also you're on the road this whole time. Yeah. Uh, this past season, the 76ers were 29-2. and at home on the road 10 and 24 Mm. and so you're pretty much entering a stretch where every single game for the rest of the year is going to be on the road and when you have a sub 500 winning that's sub 225 or whatever it is 250 Mm. winning percentage on the road you stand no shot in this postseason and so i'm 100 on board with you with the 76ers yeah. Also, just to note, while we're on the away record, guess who had the best away record in the NBA? You're gonna say the Lakers? The Lakers, baby. They only lost six games on the road the entire year. Twenty-six and six. That's that's a crazy stat. That's a crazy stat. Um, bias. Anyway, let me go ahead and say my last team. And I know you're gonna disagree with this, and I think a lot of fans might disagree with this, <clears throat> but I think the Denver Nuggets are gonna be a disappointment. Now, yes, bowl bowl. Bull, bull. That's all I've been hearing on social media <laughs> and ESPN. He's seven two and he's blocking shots. Seven eight wingspan. Great three pointer the other day. So let's not get too pull up three pointer. He's the next KD. 
No, stop it. He's playing scrimmages. <laughs> Think about who they played the Wizards. Okay, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. This is what I'll say about the the Nuggets. Um like they have Jamal Murray. He played a terrific postseason last year. He had a great season. I don't know if he can take it to another level again. They lost to Portland mm-hmm. and a team that has a great guard duo. And I I look at these Western Conference teams, especially in that three, four, five, six, and seven area, and I look at great guard duos in mm-hmm. the Utah Jazz, Conley and Mitchell, the Oklahoma City Thunder, Paul and uh, Gilgis Alexander. Houston Rockets, Harden and Westbrook. I don't I don't know. I think that's their I think that's their poison that they can't get over Jason and I think that they could surprise us and disappoint us with a first round exit. It's completely possible. I I think I'm going to take a risk with my disappointing team. Um I'm going to say the Clippers are are going to disappoint in this postseason. Um and we kind of see it a little already with Lou Williams um, and his uh, debacle going on right now in the NBA. Debacle is nicely putting it. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's the nice way of putting it. And so I, I think that I don't want to say it's a microcosm of what's going to happen, but I, I do think that it, in my eyes it's a preview of what we might see from them. Uh, it's just this kind of a little un unready maybe might be the word or undisciplined or I don't know really how to word it I just don't see the Clippers having the success that they did in the regular season in the postseason I do think they'll win the first round because I want you to get a little bit lower in the east uh, right now they'd be sitting up against the uh, the Mavericks and I think they do have the the talent to beat the Mavericks um, but I I I don't think that they'll make it past the second round of the postseason. I think for them, that's a disappointment. Um, oh, as so. a second scene, that's definitely a disappointment. This is what I, I, I think with the Clippers, I think another thing to note is that, like, yeah, they're second seed in the West, but they also lost 20 games. Now, the, yeah, the Western Conference is a different animal this year. Um, but they laid eggs against some, some – some iffy teams, I'll yeah. say that. Some iffy teams they laid some eggs against and just kind of mind-bogglingly losses. Another thing is they they barely played altogether healthy. So yeah. is this going to end up biting them in the butt because they never made it to that full unity where teams like the Lakers can kind of work back to that limit where the Clippers don't even know where their ceiling is? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they're gonna disappoint like you're saying they're gonna disappoint, but I don't, I you know I don't know if they're that team to beat in the Western Conference. And of the Western Conference teams near the top, the top five, uh, they have the second worst road record. Um, and like I mentioned, with the Eastern Conference and uh, the uh, 76ers, I, I think a road record and the ability to play in a a, a non comfortable environment, I think that's gonna play a role. And even though they're right. definitely nowhere near uh, as bad as the 76ers, they're definitely not where they need to be um, right. in order to compete in my mind. But 
with that being said, we're going to head to a break because uh, we're 35 minutes into our NBA <laughs> comeback uh, restart preview, however, <laughs> however you want to word it. Uh, and so we're going to come back. We're going to have some award predictions. And I got a question uh, that Jordan doesn't know about yet. Oh, man. I didn't write it down. Uh, I'm excited. So I, I'm excited, too. He has no idea it's coming. And we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up our, our next segment uh, after the break with that question. Uh, but we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to The Walk-On Podcast. Serving a peace, working we serving the streets. About to go ahead, going beast. Bang, bang, leave you sleep. Tick, tick, boom. Hard body, body, and not scaring nobody. You make me result to wildin'. You must be blind by the diamonds. I don't want it to be this way, but y'all won't need to try this. So it's no way around. And welcome back into the virtual studios of the Walk On Podcast, where we have just given you our thoughts about the playoffs and now we're going to move to some awards my name is jordan riddick alongside me is jason pearl and jason we have a lot of a lot of predictions here and some of them not as some of the normal ones that you see or some of the ones that are actually winnable such Mm -hmm. as the bubble mvp i don't think they're going to have that this year no i i don't think that's going to be a a topic of discussion at the nba awards ceremony uh, in the during the postseason, but I I think it's fun content for us to dis, to discuss because in a sense this is a different season. Uh, it's a different monster. It's we're three months removed from the last three or four months removed from the last NBA games, and so uh, this is about the break that they would have had before starting another season. And so I, I think it's a worthy discussion for us to have is some of these. Uh, Bubble MVPs, Bubble Coach of the Year, stuff like that. Uh, and so mm-hmm. let's jump right in. Uh, Jordan, we both agree on this one, and I'll let you kind of take it away to start. Uh, but who do you think will be the Bubble MVP, most valuable player? LeBron James. <laughs> LeBron James, man. LeBron, LeBron James. He's the greatest basketball player right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. I want to clarify, so you don't like get too excited. I'm I'm, but, I'm holding my breath and I'm biting my tongue because I want to combat, but that's not the point of this episode. Right. So, LeBron James, and it's and I I'll say this because solely because of the position that he plays with the Lakers and how he has to facilitate that team and sometimes mm-hmm. also provide the offense and defense on top of that, he is going to be the bubble MVP. He's such a veteran played so long. He knows how to play basketball. So I'm not worried about LeBron James at all producing in these, in the bubble playing games or the playoffs. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% on board with you, LeBron James. And I, I want to point kind of to that leadership aspect. You said facilitate. I'm going to use the word leadership. Um, if there's anybody in this postseason who's, uh, able to manage the unknown, it's LeBron James. Um, he was able to guide a team back from 3-1 in the NBA Finals. And whether or not you you want to get into the discussion of Draymond Green's suspension and uh, injuries and the way things played out, uh, he was still an 
uh, really an unprecedented position at that moment and was able to guide a team to a championship. Uh, the year before, he was in an unprecedented moment with a starting roster, a starting lineup that was nowhere near uh, how they started the postseason. Uh, and he took the, the series to six games. And, and I, I know I'm just kind of pointing out his moments with the Cavs, but I think they still hold true now. Uh, that, but, no, I, I think the point holds true is that he's better than anybody else in this league at managing uncomfortable, uh, unvaluable, uh, and uncertain situations. And I think that's going to kind of lead the Lakers and guide the Lakers, especially with um, some of the the characters that they have off their bench uh, and who I'll, we'll discuss a little bit in a moment. Um, but I, I think he's the right man to lead that team, uh, and I think he's going to be the MVP at Bubbles End. Uh, flipping that, Jordan, uh, if there's a most valuable player, there has to be a least valuable player. So... Um, who do you have? You you have two names listed here, and I, I'm interested to hear your your point made. Um, but yeah, who's yeah. your so, bubble least valuable player? So least valuable player, well, it's Lou Williams right now because he's not available because this <laughs> dummy is in a nightclub when he's supposed to be at some funeral. Like, hey, he only wanted wings. He was only there for uh, some wings. Yeah, that's what they all say. Anyway. <laughs> And then, so once he gets back, he's going to be doing well. He's going to produce for that team. There's no doubt about it. But I think I'm going to go with Tyson Chandler as an overall. Um, Houston Rockets, this, this is an interesting team because they, they got Chandler after the Capella trade to, like, fill in the middle. Tyson Chandler is a dinosaur, man. And to to expect him to man the middle in a in a Western Conference with with bigs like Harrell, AD, Jokic, you know, mm-hmm. Gobert, Adams, Porzingis, yeah, Valanchunas, Whiteside. Are you serious? Are you serious? Like, yeah. that's going to work for you very well? No. And it, I, it's not as much on actually Tyson Chandler, but I think that the Rockets are just setting him up for failure. Totally fair point. My, uh, my did least you get enough play. of that water, Jason? Did you get enough of that water? I, I did. I did. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All I heard was, <laughs> My bad there. I kind of... I actually wasn't oh drinking goodness. anything, uh, but I was – English was not my first language in that moment. Um, but <laughs> my least valuable player, and you're going to hate me for saying this because you argued a couple weeks ago wholeheartedly for him, uh, yeah. but my least valuable player uh, is Dion Waiters. And you can talk about the talent that he might have, but at the end of the day, he's a he's kind of a bonehead. Uh, and he makes a lot of boneheaded mistakes. Uh, and we've kind of seen him. He, he can get in these iso ball, ball hog situations. And with a team like the Lakers, you can't have a player like Deion Waiters doing that. That was fine See, in the Miami Heat, but that's not going to be fine. Hold on, when hold he, on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You didn't even let me finish. I gave you a chance to finish. Okay, go ahead. Go I ahead. always go give ahead. you a chance to finish. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I... <laughs> I under and I know what you're gonna say too. You're gonna say he's not gonna be on the court with people like LeBron James or Anthony Davis. Like that's that's gonna be no, your just, argument. Just just finish your point. 
I, but no, that's what I want to combat is, yes, I know he's not, he might not be in the court as much as some of those other players, but the Lakers don't really need a, another player who's going to dominate the ball. Uh, the Lakers need somebody who can spot up shoot on a, a drive and kick. They're going to need somebody who is exceptionally valuable on defense. And I, I, I just think with the most valuable player on this team, the least valuable player also has to come from that team. Uh, and so it's going to be Deion Waiters. I, just, I, I don't see him contributing uh, much in this postseason, especially with the run that the Lakers are predicted to have. I don't think he's going to play any value in that. Go ahead. Okay, you're done? I'm, I'm done for now until you say something that riles me back up. <laughs> okay. I would argue that they have to have him, especially in that second, like second and two and a half unit, like not quite the third unit, but where, especially with Rondo out right now, they do not have a secondary shot creator other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is not going to be doing these ridiculous turnaround jump shots off one foot. Neither is Alex Caruso. Neither is Quinn Cook. Neither is Jared Dudley or Danny Green or Dwight Howard or Kyle Kuzma. Kuzma, maybe, but he's a wing. You have to have a guard in there that is able to create and I think Dion is going to have to be that for the second group. J.R. Smith can be that 3 and D guy that the Lakers have been searching for in the entire season. But I think for Dion, he can almost play that, at least for right now until Rondo is back, for that almost backup playmaker role that Rondo had been filling in when LeBron James comes out of the game. I agree with you. When LeBron James is in the game, Dion Waiters should be in the locker room. They shouldn't even be close to the same floor together. And I think Frank Vogel recognizes that. But the Lakers have a lot of those guys who are available to spot up and shoot, like Caldwell Pope, like even Davis, like Caruso has been shooting well from the floor this season, like Kuzma, you know, even J.R. Smith, Danny Green. They have those guys. They need guys who are able to create on the ball, and I think and I hope that Dion Waiters can do that for them. I, as a Cavs fan, I've seen too much negative Dion to ever have hope for him <laughs> contributing to some negative team's success Dion. ever again. Uh, and so I, you could be completely right, and I could have to eat dirt in a couple weeks. I hope so. I can't wait to bring it back up. <laughs> it, it, there's a chance I could, and I'm admitting to that right now. But as a Cavs fan who watched him try to play alongside of Kyrie Irving and then LeBron James in his first year with the Cavs uh, and several other players, it just isn't pretty. (laughs) For a guy who can get kicked off of the Miami Heat. Hey, he was just trying to have some gummies, man. He was just trying to have some gummies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just, just gummies. Uh, (laughs) Just like Lou Williams was just trying to get wings. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on that note, let's move over. Oh, my God. Uh, if we had a title for this episode other than NBA Restart, that might be our... our uh, Gummies Deion and Wings, eats. baby. Gummies and Wings. <laughs> but uh, let's jump over to 
the coaching because I think that's another aspect that I don't want to miss out on in this in this bubble is I think you're going to need a good coach um, to kind of guide and lead in the uncertain times ahead. Uh, and so, sure. who do you think? Uh, I know we had the discussion of like the importance of a coach. Uh, I think now it's magnified more than ever. But who do you think is going to be the best coach of the bubble? The best coach in the NBA right now is Nick Nurse. So I don't see why it wouldn't be Nick Nurse. I mean, like I said earlier, Raptors lose Kawhi Leonard, finish second, win the championship in the Eastern Conference, Mm -hmm. and win the NBA championship over the Bucks. Lose Kawhi Leonard and finish second in the Eastern Conference again. Yeah. I mean, what did he do? Like, and I, I, I look, and the more I laugh, the more I watch the Raptors, I laugh because I look at Kyle Lowry, and, like, I've never been a huge Kyle Lowry fan because just of the way he operates the floor sometimes, it just makes me laugh. But it makes me appreciate <laughs> Pascal Siakam so much more and Fred Van Vliet so much more. But yeah. it, it really makes me appreciate Nick Nurse because of the way that they were able to just, you know, I mean, they didn't walk through the Eastern Conference because they, I mean, they finished 46-18, and 18, though, is pretty darn good considering you lost your best player. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I, my guy is Nick Nurse. I, I think that's a very, very good answer. He's He's probably one of the best coaches, if not the best coach, at getting the most out of his players. Um, you saw that in the postseason last year. You saw that even more so this year. He's like uh, the Mike Bray of the NBA, where Mike Bray has hmm. been the coach for Notre Dame, and he trots out these guys who probably started playing basketball two years ago, and somehow they win games in the ACC. I still don't get it. Mike Bray, I love Mike Bray, and I'm really starting to like Nick Nurse. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for him as a head coach, uh, especially taking over kind of a tough situation a couple years ago, Um, just how things were playing out there. For me, um, I've kind of already told you who my surprise team is going to be, so I'm going to double down here. Uh, I'm going to say Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz is going to be the coach of the bubble, Um, simply because of the dynamics that he has to kind of manage right now. Uh, and so if I'm going to pick them to be my surprise and shocking team of this uh, of this restart, I, I think he's going to have to play a major role in that in just managing personalities. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, there is a well-reported rift between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Uh, and so at the end of the day, that's going to run up to the to the head coach to manage, and he's going to have to put a, put a stop to it, and he's going to have to make sure the players are put in situations where they can uh, support each other and build each other up and mm-hmm. uh, just uh, put players in the best position to win. And if that means keeping Gobert and Donovan Mitchell a thousand feet away from each other until they're on the court, then I, right. that's coach of the year material because you have to do whatever you have to do to, to get those players to be in the right headspace come game time. And so if I, for me, this was kind of more of me doubling down on my pick earlier if the Utah Jazz are going to be the shock team, Quinn Snyder has to be the coach of the bubble. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think he can and will be. Um, and so, Jordan, we've talked about awards, and I, but we, we haven't really touched on results. 
mm. what our results are going to be. It's uh, all about the results, baby. It, it is. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter how well one player performs or how poorly Deion Waiters does uh, and Lou Williams. <laughs> um, uh, it, it comes down to whether or not you're hosting a trophy. Um, and so, first, we'll start out with the conference finals. Uh, who do you have uh, representing um, both conferences in the conference finals? I have the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors in the Eastern Conference. Jordan, that's not excuse correct. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I take that back. I have the <laughs> Raptors. Sorry, I was reading the wrong one because I was like, wait a second. I don't think I picked them, but I'm just going to read what I wrote. But, yes, I have the Raptors, but I have the Celtics beating the Bucks in the semifinals. So, Raptors, okay. Celtics, and then Lakers, Clippers. I was like, wait a second. That's not right. I was looking at that, too. I was like, did he switch his pick without telling me here? Like, what is going on? Like, he's re- <laughs> yes. like that was so my Raptors, pick. Yeah, Raptors, Celtics, Lakers, Clippers. In case you couldn't tell, uh, Jordan read my prediction for the conference finals. <laughs> uh, so I have uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Toronto Raptors going head-to-head in the conference finals. Um, best record in the NBA and arguably the best coach in the NBA going up in the East. Uh, and then the best player on planet Earth ever going up against my coach of the bubble candidate uh, in the Western Conference. I have the Lakers facing the Jazz uh, in the WCF. I think that could be a surprising series just as far as seeing um, superstar versus team-oriented play. Um, uh, and I've been arguing the past couple years that it's time for a team-oriented team to make a run, and I think this year more than any is their chance. And so I have the Lakers and Jazz in the conference finals. Jordan, that leaves us with one final prediction left. Uh, the NBA Finals, who do you got? I have the Lakers over the Raptors in six games. I respect that. We are on the same page with our champion. Uh, I have the Lakers versus the Bucks. The two number one seeds uh, will be fighting it out, and I think the Lakers will win in five just because of experience uh, and mm. and overall talent. Uh, the Bucks are a great team. Don't get me wrong. Giannis is one of the best players I've ever seen in my lifetime, um, but – LeBron James is still the greatest player I've ever seen in my lifetime and will ever see. Um, and so I, just, I think the Lakers just have too much. Uh, I think they'll win in five. Um, but I love to hear it. Love to hear it. And I know. And I, I hated to say that because I knew you were just going to brim with joy. Um, Music to my ears. Oh, it, it pains me. But <laughs> I think this is an important question to ask for two purposes. Mm. For the team and player legacy, uh, specifically LeBron James, um, if they win this championship, will it come with an asterisk? Oh, for sure, as the hardest championship ever to have ever won. Hmm. It, sh- it shouldn't diminish. It shouldn't be a diminish- a diminishing you know, asterisk. D- diminishing. Yeah, diminishing, <laughs> if I could get it out there. It's okay, English uh, is it hard. It should not be diminishing. It should be elevating. The fact that they had to stop three months in the middle of their season and then go live in a hotel by themselves and then win a championship. That's what it should say. I I think you have the right mindset about this, but I think legacy-wise, the asterisk is going to show – it's going to be a negative asterisk. 
Um, as much as I hate to say that for LeBron's legacy, um, I think this asterisk is only going to hold him up in his pursuit of Jordan in some people's minds. I still think he's better already. Um, but like I said, that's a different discussion. But I, I, I don't think people are going to view this championship as how it should be viewed as the toughest one. Uh, and so, Jordan, I have a, one more question for you before we hit our, uh, our our spontaneous hot takes. Is this the is this the spontaneous question of the day? Yes, this is the spontaneous question of the day. Before uh, spontaneous hot takes. Yes, before spontaneous. <laughs> we're becoming more and more spontaneous as the weeks go Love on. It. Next week will just be an all spontaneous episode where we're just gonna, sounds great. Hey, it'll be great. <laughs> Uh, and then this whole show will be spontaneous. You, you'll never Wonderful. know when we release anything. I love it. Um, but who on the Lakers will lead the league in shocked in a full moments? Will it be J.R. Smith, Dion Waiters, or JaVale McGee? Or other? Or other, but specifically on the Lakers. Yes. Because I, there's because you know many Kyle Kuzma has had a decent amount of those moments this year, and that's well. true. And that's true. I, I, I mean, I gotta go the old classic Javale McGee. I can't, I can't <laughs> not go with Javale McGee. It's obvious. It's gotta be Javale McGee. At, at some point in this, uh, this, this bubble, uh, I don't know if you follow Worldwide Wob on Twitter, uh, Rob Perez. Um, at all, I How do, do you, not. You do not. You should follow him. Uh, but his dream. It's a good follow. Oh, it's a fantastic follow. It's probably one of my top five follows on Twitter. Um, oh wow! Am I he, one of your top five follows? Well, considering the fact that you didn't follow me for the longest period of time, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so at some point, we're gonna That's get still his. Still hilarious. <laughs> it hurts me. <laughs> Trying to establish a social media presence and and my, one of Can't my, my closest friend friends. To follow you. Yeah, gosh, that hurt. Oh um, my gosh, that's so funny. But at some point, he's gonna get his wish of the legendary lineup of all on the court at one time: Dion Waiters, J.R. Smith, Javale McGee, Kyle Kuzma, uh, and then a fifth player to be named later, uh, preferably for just psychological support. Um, because that's just going to be it's going to be a crap fest on the court uh, just with those uh, Shaquille O'Neal should just be tailored into that that channel uh, if that if and when that happens for Shaq he should get his moments. popcorn ready uh, yeah it's going to be exciting is one way just to get a microphone in that room that's all I want <laughs> get a mic in that room uh, have him uh, hop on the uh, the broadcast for a few minutes I would love that Oh, that'd be so great. Uh, Jordan, we just had our spontaneous question of the day. And so now it's time for spontaneous hot takes of the day. Um, and Jordan, you already had one, but mm. I want to hear another one from you. Mm. Well, I said that Memphis will keep the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. But then I'll take it a step further. You, you, I already yeah. took it a step further that said they won't even have to do the plan thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take it another step and say that they're going to take the Lakers to six games. Wow. That's that, that's that's a hot take. You just said the Lakers hot are going take. to win in six in the finals. Yep. And so predicting a John Morant-led Memphis team to take the Lakers to six, I, 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 that shocks me. Um, for me, my spontaneous hot take uh, – the Miami Heat will get swept in the first round, and I, I believe mm. it'll be by the Pacers. Mm. Um, I, I don't 
like I said, Jimmy earlier, Butler's team, gonna find you and kill you. That, that's that's fine. He won't be able to play in the the bubble then because he left. <laughs> he'll be charged for murder. Yeah, he'll be charged for murder <laughs> outside the bubble, and so he won't be able to play. And that's just only Does that further mean if confirming you get charged my for point. murder in the bubble, you're good. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Everything's okay in the bubble. It's, they have a barber shop. They have what oh else do they gosh. have? They got it's like a, pool it's like tables. A isolated city. It it literally is. It's like playing Sims or like you some utopia tycoon game or whatever. Build your own city. It's insane. Um, but uh, yeah, I think my hot take. I I don't like the team. I, I just haven't liked them all year. I know they they put up a good year. Uh, I would argue that they kind of maybe overperformed. Um, but they're definitely they're definitely early in terms of production for yeah. their, for the young players. They're definitely early, and so I think that that leaves the door open for a team like the Pacers to sweep them uh, in the first round. Uh, and so that is my spontaneous hot take. Love Jordan, it. why don't you well, wrap us up to break? <laughs> well, let's 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 keep pushing through break. Let's just you don't want to go to another break. We're just no, wrapping it. Let's up. just finish it up. Let's finish it up. I think I know what you're doing. You just don't want to include music at any point in the in the episode anymore. Yeah, that's that's gonna be pretty <laughs> annoying. Considering we've 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 switched to a new uh, a new uh, program, <laughs> it's it's a little confusing. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing <laughs> our best you know to get what? you content. You know what? You know what, Jason? This week, I'll give you the great honor to edit our podcast <laughs> so that you can put the music in how about oh, that? N- no i'm using an even worse program than you are so <laughs> i will grace you with the ability to continue well, editing thank you i'm so honored uh, you should be you can include that on your resume and demo reel i can't yes i, I didn't i didn't edit mm. it so i can't include that but you can't you didn't so i'm uh, a i'm gonna call you for fraud if i find that you used it on your demo reel yeah i'll use my my hot takes but mm. i won't use the the intros or anything like that because i, mm-hmm. I didn't i didn't edit it but with well, that Jason, being said, tell me, J- t- Jason, tell me what grinds your gears because it's time. It is time. Um, for me, uh, I what grinds my gears is that there is a significant advantage for these teams in the NBA restart than there are for the teams that are sitting at home right now. That's what grinds my gears. Um, and whether we argue that the Cavs deserved a chance to play in this bubble is a whole nother conversation which they don't but they also talked about including a second bubble but i don't think Mm -hmm. that's fair either because what veteran on these teams in their right mind is going to play 10 games that don't matter at all Uh, yeah i wouldn't either i it's i it's stupid it's ridiculous you think steph curry is going to go to the the no. bubble. No, Draymond uh, Green's not going to go. Clay Thompson, bye-bye. You're not going to see Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson. I I don't even know who else. What other Julius Randle wants to go to the bubble? No. 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 There's going to be no good players. It's, Do you think Carl Anthony Towns wants to go to the bubble? No. No. You think R.J. Barrett wants to go to the bubble? I don't think the Knicks will even show okay, up. No, They're he so needs garbage. to go to the bubble. He, he needs, needs to, to he needs but to he's not going to. Up. He needs to get some shots up. <laughs> but do you think he wants to? I don't think so. No one on the Knicks no. is going. Uh, it's it's basically just going to be some hyper-glorified summer league game. And, and 
Summer League's great for rookies and second-year players. Maybe that's what they need is to have those people play, this, those rookies play. But you also need to keep your veterans in game shape. And if they're going to go nine months without having played in a competitive basketball game, that only hurts these lower, lower teams. Uh, and, yes, it, it could be nice for the Warriors to get their pretty much entire regular season roster more times and more opportunities to get back out on the court. Um, yep. For their law, for their future, but at the same time, you want to get your your best players a chance to stay game ready and be prepared when next season rolls around by having yeah. some type of relatively recent game action. And so that's what grinds yeah. my gears is that uh, the second bubble is going to be nothing more than a glorified summer league game, and it's not going to benefit these teams at all. Uh, it's going to give the fans in those towns a chance to watch crappy basketball for. A, for about two weeks, and then these teams are still going to be crappy the year after because none of their good players actually showed up to this. Mm. Jordan, well, what grinds your gears? You know what grinds my gears, Jason? What grinds your gears, Jordan? The, the Orioles won't win a game this season crowd. You're speaking to the 2-1 AL East leading Baltimore Orioles. Oh my god. Suck on that. How about that? Oh, you just told an imaginary man to suck on that, Jordan. Suck on well, I told you to suck on that. How about that? Because you said the Orioles were gonna win what? Like ten games? So yeah. We got two. Oh yeah, you got two. In the first series. Whoop well, How many do the Indians have? How many of the Indians have? They have two, Excuse but guess me. what? Excuse Detroit me. Tigers have two. two. Cleveland. I'm not allowed to say Indians anymore. Oh, we can, we can still call ourselves the Indians because that's still our team name. Uh, okay. However, in Washington, it's a little bit different story. But yeah, the guess who team. else has the two wins? The football team in Washington. Guess who else has two wins? The Cleveland Indians. No, no, no. The Detroit Tigers. Well, because they're good. The first – what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> we both know the Detroit Tigers are one of the worst teams in baseball, if not the oh, worst sure. team. And for so sure. – Two wins. In I the was. First ju- I'm just so tired of people nothing. acting like they understand baseball when they say a team's not going to win any games. You, you dumb idiot. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's because nobody watches baseball anymore. And we, we no one else grinds my gears. I'm going to give a bonus. WGYG. Oh uh, man, that's this is something. I was hot yesterday. Uh, I love it. And I was hot about this last week, and I'm even more hot about it now. This stupid extra inning rule just needs to get out of here. No more putting a runner on second in extra innings. It serves no purpose. And Jordan, I was thinking about this this morning. The reason they're doing this is to speed up games. Mm -hmm. If you've watched baseball all the way through the ninth inning, you're going to watch it all the way through extra innings. You're not going to leave because, oh, this game's taking too long. No, it just went three hours. You're going to watch another hour for a game. It doesn't matter how long it goes. You're that invested. The fans that they're trying to keep aren't going to be around come that. If you want to speed up gameplay, don't worry about extra innings. Worry about inside the game. And so this new rule serves no purpose but to hurt home teams. And to make uh, give teams careful a run. Take it that, easy. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have a, a heart attack easy. here. Oh my goodness! It's giving teams easy, an opportunity easy. to score when they've done nothing to deserve it. The Indians lost yesterday or on Saturday because they put a runner on second and then 
bunted the ball over, and then hit a sacrifice fly. No, the Indians didn't win because they didn't have enough runs in regulation to win in regular No, what I'm saying, though, is what this rule the only thing this rule promotes is small ball and what's the thing that the MLB wants to get rid of small ball heck they tried banning bunting or they talked about it and so but that's all this rule is promoting so they're they're going backwards with this rule get rid of it I'm sick and well, tired of it here's another fun fact of the day is that the Orioles are 2 and 1 but their plus minus after this weekend is still minus 3 <laughs> and and the Red Sox have the best plus minus in the division, but our last place. <laughs> They're Absolutely. plus three and have the best it. plus minus, but they are our last. <laughs> I you love it. Love, love to see that. Uh, what an oh, episode. Man. We went long again today. Of course we did. What's <laughs> it's, new? it's a normal occurrence. Right. What's new? <laughs> it's like when Come I on. said, oh, we're going to make this a quick episode and then went for 45 minutes. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> but I think that's all the time we have for this week. Uh, enjoy the NBA. Enjoy sports being back. Take some time and, uh, and just embrace it uh, because it's been a while and we're finally getting real sports back into our lives. Uh, and so uh, that's all the time we have for Jordan Riddick. I'm Jason Pro. Thank you guys for tuning in. You've been listening to The Walk On Podcast. Tick, tick, boom.